Whether you drive a car, need a car, or just occasionally bum a ride with friends, you've come to the right place. Join the editors of Consumer Guide Automotive as they break down everything that's going on in the auto world. New car reviews. Shopping tips. Driving green. Electric cars. Classic cars. And plenty of great guests. This is the Consumer Guide Car Stuff Podcast. Here's your host, Tom Appel. All right. This is the Consumer Guide Car Stuff Podcast. I am Tom Appel, publisher of Consumer Guide Automotive. Thanks for being here today. When you have a chance, check out consumerguide.com. You want to look at our best buy picks. They're the best bet for you if you're trying to make a list of cars to test drive. If you are not looking for a new car or truck, you might want to go straight to our blog because that is where all the fun stuff happens. Let's welcome folks who are not in the studio because we are social distancing. (laughs) Uh, Jill, Jill Simonillo. She's the editor-in-chief of Auto Exotica magazine. Jill, how's it going? It is going well, uh, though I have to tell you, today is a hat day. A hat day? <laughs> a hat day. I did not oh. shower. <laughs> oh, I got gotcha. you. Jill, this is week three without donuts. I know, week three. I, I was actually going to go. I, I, there's a Dunkin' Donuts across the street from my place, and I was going to go and get donuts, but when I ran past yesterday, I think they're closed. Wow. Mm-hmm. I've noticed that a lot of businesses, um, like franchise businesses or, mm-hmm. or like corporate chains, about half of the stores are closed. Yeah, because there's no drive through on this one. Yeah. So, um, yeah. Very Ooh. weird. All right. Damon Bell, he is the senior editor of Consumer Guide Automotive. He is the president of the Midwest Automotive Media Association, and he is one heck of an ice sculptor. Damon, how's it going? <laughs> Man, you've dredged up facts that I don't even know about myself. This is on your <laughs> curriculum vitae, as submitted to me five oh. years ago, or CV, oh. as it's as it's called. Your CV, yeah. If that's not accurate, I need to know that. Do I start with a chainsaw and then go to other more precision tools when I do my pieces, or how it's else? It's all out of an ice it? pick. <laughs> <laughs> that's all right, it. that's all you got. An ice pick. That's and a all hammer. I got. Yep. <laughs> All right. After the first break, we'll be joined by Mike Evanoff. He is the manager for product planning for Hyundai Motor America. Lots to talk about at Hyundai these days, so stick around for that. Later on, Damon will tell us what's going on at the CG Daily Drive blog, and I have another great quiz for Damon and Jill. And I underlined the word quiz. It's also bold. At least Mm. it's not great. You didn't underline great. No, just quiz. (laughs) Got it. (laughs) (laughs) All right, Jill. Yes. Jill, you've got some news for us. I, I do. Um, you know, and unfortunately, everything I, I, I feel like we're, we're talking about in the news is um, COVID-19 related. Um, and so this, too, is, is also um, along the pandemic uh, lines. But, I, you know, as we were talking about last week, if there's any kind of a silver lining, I guess this is another one of those always look on the bright side of life moments. Um, A lot of insurance companies are starting to um, give consumers, you know, their clients discounts on their insurance premiums for the next couple of months. So, you know, there was an article in the New York Times um, at the beginning of the week where both Allstate and American Family came out and said that, you know, because they understand people aren't really driving because they have to stay home because, you know, coronavirus, um, they're, they're going to offer discounts, you know, for the next couple of months. So Allstate is looking at like a 15% back on your premium for the next two months. And, and <clears throat> American Family went a little bit different direction where they are giving you $50 for each vehicle on your policy. And so I, I think this article came out like maybe Monday. And uh-huh. by Wednesday, um, you had Geico, Farmers, Liberty Mutual. Um, they also said, okay, yeah, okay, we're, we're going to jump on this. And um, they're doing like 15 to 20% discounts for the next couple of months, depending on um, the carrier. And, and I think the great thing about this is the fact that um, they're, they're not going to make you apply for it. They're not going to tell you that you have to ask for it. They're just going to give it to you. So um, if you are one of these, um, you know, client of one of these insurers, you know, that that's something that you can look forward to um, potentially in the next couple of months. Uh, one of the, the small um, 
small, small silver linings. And, uh, you know, as I was going through and looking at this, because I started, you know, after I read the first article from the New York Times, I was like, well, who else is doing this? And so far, I haven't seen, you know, Jake from State Farm chime in or um, some of the other, um, you know, big name insurance companies. But um, someone pointed out in one of the articles that I read that if you are not getting a discount on your car insurance, you should actually call your insurer and ask for the discount over the next couple of months, especially if you're not an essential employee and you're not driving. Um, you know, you, my husband, for example, he drives like between 100 and 200 miles every week. And so, you know, for him working from home, you know, that's that's a, a couple thousand miles, you know, over the next couple of months that he's not going to be driving. So um, that's a, a potentially a huge discount that we might be able to get on our insurance. So it's worth a phone call. Yeah, this is all very interesting. And and the article that you discussed, you, you sent that to me. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the points in there it made was that while this may seem generous, there was some concern among insurers that they would look like they were profiting unduly from the virus. Right. Um, and, and, and that they were reacting to that. And while that may be the case, this is a nice gesture. The other note that I read, and I don't know if it was in that article, but it made me laugh, is that there's an increase in accidents at home. And apparently oh, yeah. a, lot of them have, a lot of them have to do with the fireplace for some reason. Yeah, yeah. No, um, definitely it was in this article. And, you know, the the interesting thing that they said is they're not going to be reducing the rates on pretty much any other kind of insurance because people are staying home. You know, they are accidents are up. But um, because, you know, people aren't driving more, you know, right now, um, they're actually in a very advantageous position to give people these discounts because if they drive less, they crash less. Yep. And that means fewer fewer crashes, fewer claims. So therefore, they have more money sitting around to do that. So again, if you aren't getting a discount, you should actually call and ask for a discount because they probably have the money sitting around. Yeah, the interesting thing too, and I think they were talking specifically with the guy at Allstate, mm-hmm. was that the insurers actually have no idea how much money they're saving right now in accident yeah. claims. There's just the statistics don't work yet. It's too soon. So yeah. this 15% could be just the start, or maybe we're going to be out of this. I don't know. But this is probably as fluid as anything else is right now. So this could change. Yeah. Smart smart for those insurance companies to, to get out ahead of it and proactively offer it. Because I think one of the points that the article made, especially at this point in time with uh, people stuck at home who are still working from home might still might have kids who are stuck at home like me that they are now tasked with providing round-the-clock care and schooling for Uh, making a single phone call to an insurance agent is a big ask at this point for a lot of people so companies that are doing it proactively small gesture not a huge savings but every little bit helps and yeah the the goodwill that that generates and the and frankly the pr it does is another plus for the, those insurance companies yep all right well we were going to talk about a car today damon we were and yes i'm flipping the flipping the tables on you tom uh, <laughs> i think you were the the first person in this so tom uh, as a working automotive journalist Yes, Damon. Frequently find yourself behind the wheel of test product. And uh, anything interesting you've driven lately? Extremely interesting. Um, I'm, I, I'm, I'm filling it up and passing it on today, but I spent the week in the 2020 Alfa Romeo Stelvio Quadrifoglio, which is a lot of syllables and a lot of letters. And it's a lot of it's A lot, <laughs> of, a lot of Italian. A lot of it. It's very Italian. It's very Mortadello. I, um, um, it, it's hard to summarize this vehicle, but this is a compact crossover brought to America by Alfa Romeo. And even in its base form, it's a pretty sporty vehicle. But we had the Quadrifoglio edition, which is filled with a twin turbocharged V6, enormous wheels and tires, giant yellow brakes. Or, well, the calipers are yellow, and they're beautiful. Um, yeah. but, but the car is, is over the top, and it's the kind of a vehicle that is incredibly visceral. The, the, no matter how you get into this thing and no matter how you drive it, it feels like it's sporty and it feels like it's annoyed that you're just driving in traffic. Um, <laughs> the big news about this vehicle is that it's been updated for 2020. The updates are very subtle if you're looking for them, but they're fairly meaningful. Um, 
the Stelvio for 2020 gets an updated and much needed um, updated infotainment system, which is much easier to use now. This is an FCA product. Um, Alfa Romeo is part of the Fiat Chrysler uh, lineup, but it is the infotainment system is very Italian and not familiar to anyone who's coming out of some other Chrysler or Dodge product, but it is better now. It's easier to use. It does use a lower console control, um, a little bit like those you used to find in Mercedes and BMWs, but it's relatively simple to use. There's a bigger view screen now. The big news, too, is that a lot of safety features that should have been standard are now made standard, and it's, it's up to snuff with luxury competitors. But the crazy thing about this vehicle... Oh, go ahead, Damon. I, I was going to say, too, one of the... A the, uh, lot of subtle updates, as you said, but um, the, it gets a very welcome addition of some of the latest uh, semi-autonomous features, like yes. traffic jam assist, adaptive cruise control, the lane keep assist, uh, uh, traffic, you know, just, just some of those latest uh, driver assist aids, which is a, a welcome addition. Yeah, it has a highway semi-autonomous feature, so um, it'll do some steering for you when you're on the highway, which is kind of nice, too. This vehicle is is blindingly fast, and I did have a chance to drive it on the highway. Um, and pulling away from the tow booth area there, I was able to get to the speeds that are not safe around here very, very quickly. I was like, wow, that was too quick. Because you kind of enjoy gathering speed, but when it happens this fast, all you're thinking about is i got to slow down. So. Yeah, but it's five, five hundred and five horsepower twin turbo V six, uh, fairly a two point nine liter V six too. In a nutshell, this until Ferrari, Ferrari is is reported to be working on its first ever SUV. I think it's called it's going to be called like Puro Sang something like that. Yeah, but until until the, an actual uh, Ferrari SUV comes out. This and uh, say like a Maserati, uh, uh, the Maserati SUV, which um, the Levante. I'm blanking on the name of it. The Levante, the Maserati the upper trim, Maserati Levante. The those this the Maserati Levante and the Alfa Romeo Stelvio Quadrifoglio, about as close as you can get at this point to a Ferrari SUV. Yeah, and, and compare those. The Levante is a mid-size crossover, and it feels a little bit more stately and a little bit more like a grand touring vehicle, which is sort of Maserati's mission in life. The the Alfa Romeo um, Stelvio feels very much like a sports car, and in yeah, fact, it's closely related. Yeah. yeah, and it's closely related to to Alfa's uh, Julia uh, uh, four door compact sedan. So. It, the relationship there is is pretty clear. There isn't much in the Alfa Romeo lineup right now. There's the Stelvio, there's the Giulia, and then there's the 4C sports car. That's the entire lineup. So, I'm sorry, Alfa Romeo is leaning heavily on this vehicle for sales. And, and this is the, sort of the bright spot of the Italian imports that we've seen since FCA became FCA a few years ago. They do about 1,000 of these a month, which is high volume for Alfa Romeo. Yeah. Um, <laughs> But for comparison purposes, the BMW X3 uh, compact crossover and the Mercedes-Benz GLC compact crossover both do about 70000 a year. So it's it's not high volume in the traditional sense, but it's pretty good volume for Alpha. Yeah. And and we didn't, unfortunately, we didn't, This the, the updated uh, 2020 test vehicle uh, that we have now, we didn't get a, a window sticker price prices on it yet. Right. Um, but we had a 2019, very safe bet to say that like the 2019 model, this 2020 is not going to be cheap. The 2019 we had, uh, had a starting price of uh, just over $80,000 and it was optioned up with a lot of high profile uh, options like uh, a $2,200 paint color, carbon ceramic brakes, which cost $8,000, and a few other things that bumped the bottom line price up to 96540 So I would assume that this uh, 2020 model we have is in that ballpark as well. Yeah, and, and sort of a final note, the, around town, this can be a little bit bulky to drive. There was some weird transmission action. Um, the stop-start was not especially friendly in some conditions. But if you're driving it hard or if you're getting on the highway or just enjoying and on ramp, this thing is absolutely incredible to drive. If I was going to give this a letter grade, I would give it two letter grades: one for crazy enthusiasts who actually want to buy this thing, and for them, I give it a B plus. And I think for everyone else, I might give it something like a C minus. You might want to look elsewhere because this is way sportier than you think it is. 
Yeah, definitely an enthusiast. Uh, you might even say an enthusiast-only vehicle. Yeah, yeah. I'm uh, super glad they make and sell this thing, um, yeah. but I think the market is is very selective. Right. So why only a B plus? Um, there's a couple of things. I never found a happy seating position. Um, it's a very strange vehicle to sit in and look out of, though it is quite roomy for what it is. There's not as much storage stuff in back if you're looking for a crossover. And I, so I think that if you were super committed to driving something this sporty, maybe you just go with a Julia sedan and similar trim. Um, but it, it's, it's functional enough. I mean, it's compelling. When I was younger and crazier, although I was never rich, this is something I would probably <laughs> covet. <laughs> Well, it's it's interesting because um, I you know I haven't driven the the 2020 model and because um, it's literally just starting to come out. But um, you know, as you know, in my in my not podcasting life, I'm the editor in chief of a, um, a magazine, and uh, we just dropped our spring issue uh, over the weekend, and we made it available online for free. So if you're looking for some articles on some cool hot cars. Um, go to autoexoticamag.com and, and check it out. Um, the download is free there. Um, but one of the articles that we have in there is actually about the, um, the Quadrifolio Stelvio versus the Jaguar uh, F-Pace SVR. And uh, both of which I believe were new for the 2019 model year, and both of which are the um, high-end performance versions of you know their, their more normal um counterparts and uh, our publisher jennifer jensen wrote the article and she does a pretty solid comparison in terms of looks driving capability and um how the vehicle feels and i should also point out that um jennifer is uh well over six feet tall um so hmm. she has uh, some some comments about um size as well oh. with both of the vehicles and um so I'm not going to tell you who wins, but it's 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 a very interesting article. And if you want to know more about you know the the Stelvio Quadrifolio versus the Jaguar F Pace SVR, if you're an enthusiast and you're trying to make a decision between the two, that'd be a good article to check out. How do we yeah, download we'll post, that? We'll post, we can <laughs> we'll post a link to. I'm sorry, we'll post a link to that. Uh, yeah. That, uh, on our Facebook page as well this week. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, no. So but... you, you just go to autoexoticamag.com. Um, and on the front page, up in the um, the the top of the, the it should be in our slider up at top where it talks about the magazine is is free for download. We do usually charge for that, um, but we figured since uh, people are probably a little bit bored and need something to do, uh, we would make that available for free this time. Cool, Jill. Is that available in print as well? Um, it we 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 kind of do a reverse publishing, so we make it available digitally first, and then we uh, will retroactively publish. Um, that will be uh, for a fee. Gotcha. Okay, and that comes available later. It comes available later. Yep. Excellent. Sounds good. All right, guys. Why don't we take a break, and when we come back, we will speak with Mike Evanoff of Hyundai. Stay tuned. Welcome back to the Consumer Guide Car Stuff Podcast. All right, we're back. This is the Consumer Guide Car Stuff Podcast, and I am Tom Appel, publisher of Consumer Guide Automotive. Thanks for being here today. This is traditionally when I remind you that I don't have enough Twitter followers. You can follow me on Twitter. I am car underscore guy underscore Tom on Twitter. I promise to entertain you. I need 300,000 followers by Friday. I'm about 299,000 short, so this is a big deal. All right. He has managed life cycle planning for the Elantra, the Elantra GT, the Veloster, and the Accent, and now he's working on a lot of new vehicles, including the all-new Sonata, which is a lot of big news. He is the manager for planning at Hyundai Motor America. Welcome, Mike Evanoff. Mike. Thank you very much. Glad to be here with you guys. Yeah, thanks for being here. These are very strange times. I know no one's schedule makes yeah. sense, but I'm very happy that you made time to be with us today. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, definitely uh, a new uh, no, new normal, and everybody's kind of getting used to it, and uh, we're all doing the best we can. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, and speaking of uh, new normal, so we are 
Tom, Jill, and I are all members of the Midwest Automotive Media Association. We actually had our first mm -hmm. virtual meeting conducted via Zoom uh, with Hyundai and you guys yesterday, and we talked about the, yep. the Sonata Hybrid. Uh, everything went off well. The software worked great, so it's, yep. it's fun to see how everybody's adapting for sure. Uh, but, yeah, yeah there's – speak – go ahead. Yeah, it was a it was a very interesting situation because we've done a couple of those, but having the uh, the the traditional question and answer, but then also having the chat version of it as well. So I was able to answer you know via the keyboard while other people were answering you know through the through the cameras and everything. So questions were going back and forth, and it was a very uh, very cool experience. Yeah, a lot of lot of multitasking going on for sure. <laughs> But but speaking of the Sonata, so I wanted yep. to kind of start uh, talking about the regular Sonata, and we can get into the Sonata Hybrid and touch on some of the other uh, new products that you guys have either recently introduced mm -hmm. or will be introducing soon. So yep. I spent some time in the new Sonata, very impressed with it, and it mm -hmm. is great in terms of all the sort of normal dynamic things that you would expect from a midsize sedan. Uh, and interior quality, ride quality, uh, you know, decent acceleration, that kind of stuff. But what really struck me about it was the the bold styling touches on the exterior design, and then just some of these what I call surprise and delight features. <laughs> mm -hmm. And of course, yep. the biggest of those has got to be the smart park. Uh, smart park, but come also on. you got to do the accent, park, Damon. Which, <laughs> yes, yes. The probably the most memorable Super Bowl commercial this year. So I want to talk about mm. Smart Park a little bit and digital key access. Mm. But honestly, what tickled me the most was the nature sounds feature in the <laughs> infotainment system. And yeah. what, what it is is a, is essentially just a uh, um, relaxing ambient sounds and a nice picture that you can just pull up via the touchscreen and have this uh, atmospheric. Uh, pleasant sounds in your car. So I'm curious how that came about and uh, what the development process of the nature sounds feature was. Well, I think our engineers are always looking for, you know, ways to delight the consumer, uh, make that ownership experience that much better. And they're always trying different angles. Um, actually, it was a little bit of, quite honestly, it was a little bit of a surprise for me. I was evaluating one of the early prototypes and I was scrolling through the menu and I'm all, Sounds of nature, what's this? And I clicked on it and there's like eight, eight different themes. Um, and I'm usually not like an ambient music type of person. I'm usually with sports, sports talk radio or music or whatever. But I listened to it for a while and it was, uh, it was actually very relaxing. And I can see if you had kids in the backseat or a toddler or something, it might help, you know, put, you know, get them to sleep. Um, just another way to, you know, you say surprise and delight, um, just to make that ownership experience that much better. And it's, it doesn't cost a lot to do. It's just, you know, the software and the, and, and integrating into the head unit. Um, so it's just, uh, another, I think, very unique idea from our, uh, infotainment engineers. Yeah. And, and so was there, uh, if it was a surprise to you, then it was probably developed before you realized it was happening, but the, the choice, there's right. like a, uh, sidewalk cafe that is sort of a pleasant mm -hmm. bustle of like plates and glasses clinking i think one's called well, snowy yeah. village which is just footsteps mm -hmm. in heavy snow and then kind of a <laughs> yep. spooky uh giggle from a child <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> so uh yeah, I think yeah it's the o ocean and rainforest the rainforest is probably my, my personal favorite um so yeah it's just a, a different way to to reach out and give that that buyer that the, you know that unique experience Always thinking, uh, you know, from different different perspectives. Was there ever any concern that the sounds might be too relaxing and you'd have people falling asleep <laughs> at the wheel? <laughs> yeah. Well, that's we have uh, driver driver attention alert. So uh, that's that's right. Right. you have backstops for that. Yeah, you start to uh, start so, to fall asleep and it'll zap you. <laughs> yep. <laughs> And so, but but so obviously that's my own personal favorite. But Smart Park is probably the the marquee feature of the the Sonata. So, can you talk about how that uh, development process happened? Yeah. So, Remote Smart Parking Assist first launched uh, on our Nexo fuel cell vehicle. 
Um, and so this is the, the Sonata is the second vehicle to get it. Uh, once again, the engineer is just thinking, you know, outside the box. And, you know, especially in today's parking spots, they seem to be getting smaller and smaller while cars are getting larger and larger. And especially we have so many CUVs, SUVs on the road, um, just trying to give the consumer another uh, another unique feature. And obviously we made a, a big deal about it on the Super Bowl. Um, but, you know, it's, very, it's a very safe system. The lawyers were involved in it, you know, throughout the whole process. Um, but it's just, you know, we call it, we call it like walking the dog. It's kind of cool because it's only going like a mile an hour and uh, you right. just, you can kind of walk along with it and you just hold the button on the, uh, on the key fob. And then once you release the button, um, the car immediately stops. Um, also there's front and rear parking sensors. So if somebody jumps in front of you or whatever, it'll automatically detect that and stop as well. So all the safety features are integrated into it, but just, um, very unique in the segment, um, very unique for the non-luxury brand or the mainstream brands. Uh, just another another technological advancement um, with the all-new Sonata. No. I think in, the, the in launch the, of that – oh, I'm sorry, David. I was just going to say, and, and sort of similar to Nature Sounds and a lot of these other new features that, as you were touching on with the, the Nature Sounds feature, there is really not a whole lot of added hardware that makes this work. It's predominantly a software feature, Correct. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you've got to have certain hard, it, there's certain requirements from a hardware perspective, like an electronic parking brake um, or a shift by wire controller, um, you know, as opposed to a lever or, you know, a, a more conventional controller. So you've got to have those electronic components. But once you have that, yeah, it's just it's just doing the software and the, the programming of the on the back end to make to make that and u- utilize all those you know, hardware features to make it happen. Yeah, I was going to mention that the launch of, of Smart Park was super effective. Uh, anytime I mention the Sonata, people ask me about that, or they ask me about the car with Smart Park. This is probably one of the most highly recognized, most most visible car features in an awful long time. So, congrats on getting the word out yep. on this. Yep, thank you very much. Yeah. Yep. Um, then the one of the other features the Sonata has is digital key access. And uh, can you mm-hmm. talk a little bit about what that is and, and how that's a, a benefit? It's basically smartphone access uh, functioning as the car's key. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, definitely exclusive to the segments. Um, it's integrated. It's a, it's an app that you download. It's for Android devices. We're working with Apple uh, to add Apple in the future. We're still working on that, but it's Android right now. Um, so through this app, um, it's basically, it uses uh, Bluetooth Low Energy or BLE and Near Field Communications or NFC uh, to give you access to your vehicle. So you just walk up to the car, you still get conventional keys. We're not like saying you don't, you know, so you still get normal keys, but you get the, the, the app and then you also get an NFC card, which you can put in your wallet. But you basically can walk up to, um, to the vehicle, put the, your, your Android device right by the, the driver's door handle. It'll unlock the car. You can get in, you can drop it in the wireless charger that authenticates the phone, allows you to start the vehicle, and then you're just, you know, on your way. So you don't have to have keys with you uh, at all times. In addition to that, you can share the key with family members, friends, uh, very securely. Um, you can allow them access for a predetermined amount of time. Um, you know, maybe the your child wants to, or your son or daughter wants to, needs to borrow the car, needs to get into the car. You can send the key to them. Uh, and then take it back if they're you know misbehaving or whatever. Um, but <laughs> you can control that. It, it can you know give access to uh, you know to family members and friends to if they need access to the car as well. And in addition, you can also do remote start, uh, lock and unlock from about 30 feet uh, away through the Bluetooth Low Energy. So just once again, you know more technology. The, the amount of technology in Sonata is amazing. As, as a as a product planner, it actually was a lot of work to keep up with all this because it was a lot of new technology and a lot of stuff. Um, you had to be comfortable with uh, talking about, um, but you know, I think customers once they you know once they experience all this, they'll really appreciate the, all the thought that went into it. Well, Mike, right now the digital key is only available with the um, Android products, correct? That's correct, and we're working towards um, Apple as well. No real time schedule at this point, but hopefully uh, in the near future. Well, and if you um, you also mentioned an NFC card. Um, and, mm-hmm. and that would be something that somebody would put in their wallet, I'm assuming? Yeah, wallet, purse, whatever. Um, even like if you go to the dealer or you go to a valet, uh, instead of giving them their keys, you can just give them the, the NFC card. Um, so it's just another option. Um, but, yeah, you can keep it on your on yourself at all time and still have uh, access to the vehicle and be able to drive away and, and do what you need to do. 
So that would be an option for somebody who has an iPhone then. Excuse me? Oh, the that NFC would be, card? Uh, yeah, 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 absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so then to start yeah, the card, I, I, do you just... independently. Okay, and so to start the card, do you just put the NFC card in the wireless charger, or how does how does that work? Or just having it in the um, car, I, the car would start? I think... I think because of the NFC cards tied to the car, I think it can just start the car. It's, it's a little bit different than with uh, the okay. mobile device. I think once you're inside, you can just start the car. Okay, cool. No, I find all of this incredibly fascinating. I will very often, um, as Tom and Damon can attest, leave my house without my wallet, but I never leave without mm-hmm. my phone. <laughs> there you go. So, um, so yeah, to all, be able to start at all my time. car without... Yeah. To, yeah. to be clear, to be clear, Jill only leaves the house without her wallet when we're going to restaurants. I just want to point that out. <laughs> that that would actually be true. And and yeah. Mm-hmm. Very I'm convenient. sorry, I don't have my wallet. What? You need to buy me lunch? Thank you. <laughs> so what the, the the yeah? So you're you're already building on the the traditional gas engine Sonatas by coming out with the Sonata Hybrid, which is yeah. Uh, just being launched now and it's kind of hitting our our local press vehicle test fleets now so i'm sure it's it will yep. be uh, rolling into dealerships soon uh, as well uh one of the things that struck me about that is you've got an available uh solar roof panel on that vehicle Correct. Um, once again, very innovative. Um, I think uh, Prius Prime maybe has something similar, but that just runs an interior fan. Um, but this actually charges both the, the hybrid battery and the conventional or the 12-volt battery that's integrated with the hybrid battery. So it's actually a very cool you know, design feature, too. You kind of see, the, especially in a, in a lighter color, looks like maybe a panoramic roof, uh, but you get up closer to the vehicle, and you see it's just like you know, one big, huge circuit board. Um, so it's really got a high-tech feel and look to it. But, um, yeah, it's, you know, it's, it's all dependent on sun load and conditions. And, you know, here us here in California probably get a little bit more benefit than maybe the Northeast or whatever just because of the sun, sun load. But it's, you know, it'll charge, uh, it'll, you know, it's like trickle charging the battery, and it'll give you, on average, depending, once again, on sun, uh, about two extra free miles um, a day. So it doesn't factor into the EPA uh, fuel economy, but it's basically giving you more of a real-world benefit. Um, and there was a calculation, for, you know, shown yesterday by our our power tra- one of our powertrain managers. Um, yeah, like in California with the sun load, um, you can get about thirteen up to almost thirteen hundred uh, extra free miles a year uh, just through the solar roof. So very innovative technology. Um, it's charging even when the vehicle stopped, so it's keeping the battery you know levels up. So you Theoretically, you'd never had a de- never have a dead battery, um, but yeah, it's just you know another technical innovation, uh, you know, both both from a technology standpoint, I think, but also like I said, from a from a very you know, from a very cool styling standpoint as well. Yeah, yeah, Mike, this is super interesting to me because one of the things that I recall back in 2011 when Fisker launched the Karma, which was a plug-in mm-hmm. extended range vehicle, they had a solar yep. roof on that vehicle. And, and per, mm-hmm. per Fisker, that roof was prohibitively expensive and didn't contribute that much to driving range. And Fisker's estimate at the mm-hmm. time was that it was good for a tank of gas over the lifetime of the vehicle. So mm-hmm. clearly, yeah. so clearly Hyundai has discovered some sort of solar magic here because you've made it affordable, <laughs> yeah. affordable enough to put on, the, on, a, on a mid-priced car. And, and, right. and then you're getting something yeah. like 1,000 miles of range a year. Right. Yeah, so the engineers, you know, always working towards, you know, providing the best, uh, best experience and the best technology. Uh, and yeah, like I said, based on those calculations, it's you know giving you free miles uh, throughout the life cycle of, of the ownership experience. Yeah, that's very cool. That's very impressive. Mm-hmm. And one of the uh, so the the like I kind of touched on before, one of the things that is really striking to me about uh, the the Sonata is just the dynamic styling you've got. Uh, this mm-hmm. hidden lighting lamp signature where there's kind of a fill-up on the front headlights, an LED driving light that, that basically disappears and looks like a chrome trim piece when the vehicle is off and the lights aren't on. So lots yep. of touches, in, and it strikes me that a lot of uh, the most recently designed traditional passenger cars, they've kind of upped the styling level a little bit, and I'm wondering if that's because... SUVs and crossovers are uh, the, the people who still want cars 
want that style and, and manufacturers yeah. have responded by amping things up a little bit so you've got the new sonata and we talked about it on a recent show the all-new uh 2021 hyundai elantra compact so uh mm-hmm. can you talk a little bit about the styling uh process for those yeah absolutely but both both the sonata and um the elantra it's part, part of our new design language sensuous sportiness um, so that the first launched on Sonata. Now we just, you know, had the global reveal. Uh, unfortunately, it was there was no audience there. It was all virtual because uh, it was just at the yeah. start of the pandemic. Um, but still, you know, wanted to make sure we got that car out there. So that's the evolution of the styling uh, in Elantra. Uh, parametric design is kind of the secondary uh, design language they use for it. Uh, especially you'll notice if you look at the side profile, very dramatic, very bold. Uh, with the angles and the doors uh, that come to a point, you know, on the front door. So it's very, uh, the surface thing is very interesting and, you know, delightful to the eye. Um, the rear has the, the, the long LED taillights that go the width of the of the whole vehicle and kind of look like the eight and H on each side, um, just to give it that wide stance. Both cars, you know, I, whenever you talk about proportions, it's so important. Um, but longer, lower, wider, it always makes for a better stance and a better proportion and a better looking vehicle. So both uh, Sonata and Elantra subscribe to that um, uh, methodology. Um, so, and the engineers had to work very hard with the designers together early in the process to make sure this is, this was capable. Because a lot of times you get a design, and then the packaging engineers go, "Well, we can't have that. You, know, you got to move this five mils or that, you know, whatever." So, it's an all-new platform for both cars, and so they're able to design like you know, pushing the cow point down low. Um, there's a lot of unique features both on the exterior and the interior. Uh, but we're very much looking forward to Elantra. And then for the first time, we'll have an Elantra hybrid uh, as well. So that'll be joining the lineup um, with over 50 miles, or the target is over 50 miles per gallon. Um, so you can have that bold dynamic styling and fuel economy. And like what I like to think about both hybrids is there really no compromises. Sometimes with a hybrid, you've got packaging issues. Maybe the back seat doesn't fold. Like in the fact that in the, in, in the case of Sonata, it's got the same rear cargo trunk capacity as the gas car. They moved the battery, you know, forward of the rear axle, the rear wheels, and, you know, packaged everything really well. Um, so there's no compromise. It's just like, you know, your, your average everyday shopper, consumer, wouldn't even realize, other than maybe the hybrid on the back, the badge, it's, it's no different than just the gasoline-only car. So there's really no compromises other than the uh, increased fuel economy. Yeah. Well, Mike, I've got a question about the Elantra for you. Um, Really about the Sonata, too. It seems like Hyundai and Toyota is doing this as well, where they're doing hybrid versions of their conventional vehicles that turn out to be especially efficient. And I'm wondering if this sort of indicates an end for vehicles like the Ionic and the Prius, which were dedicated green vehicles. I think perhaps consumers might be more interested in a conventional vehicle that just happens to be very efficient. Yeah, and I think... um it's definitely going that direction and people are more acceptive of the technology. Um, the plugins and the EVs, that's kind of a little bit of fire and, and segment. Um, uh-huh. But especially with, with just with the hybrids, um, like I said, I mean, there's no compromise and it's just like a normal vehicle and you can get the experience of everything, all the technology, all the bold styling, you know, we have, you know, some of the research we have, you look at um, intenders, you know, looking for their next car. And the most, the recent survey we had was 33% would, consider a hybrid so that's definitely uh moving in that right direction and as these cars become more mainstream uh, i think someday you're got it's just there's gonna be no difference it's just one and the same yeah i think so there's there's a lot going on at hyundai right now that we're not getting to but is there anything that you want to talk about real quick um yeah we just launched our all-new venue uh addition to yeah. the Another addition, another addition to our uh, SUV lineup. Um, it's the smallest in the lineup. It's it kind of positioned below Kona. Uh, you know, small, but it's very efficient. Um, it's you know intended more of like an urban runabout. Um, you know, younger buyer, it's boxy styling, um, very you know fun. A lot of interior space. Uh, the dash layout is very conventional, but very easy to use, uh, easy on the eyes. Uh, it's just another option for for our consumers out there who want. Um, you know, it is front-wheel drive, but it's, you know, but it's got the, you know, the cargo capacity. I kind of think of it as a five-door accent, 
uh, successor or you know, uh, in, in, okay. in, yeah. in theory, because it's got um, it's got all the all the room and everything, but it's you know very efficient, uh, very easy to drive, very maneuverable uh, technology. You know, it's all the standard safety technology with the front forward collision avoidance assist, um, and so you know we're really pushing for all the safety features. And it's just um, whether it's your first car or maybe you're on the back end of your life cycle and you just want something efficient but with room, um, it's definitely uh, another option we're providing, trying to give consumers as much uh, flexibility options as we can we we have the venue in the office right now here at consumer guide mm -hmm. and, and and my initial impressions are incredible dollar value and really mm -hmm. good use mm -hmm. of space and surprisingly yeah. good looking for what is an incredibly short vehicle I, i'm i'm mm -hmm. it just it looks great yeah. Yeah. 99, 99 inch wheelbase. There's not much shorter in the in the market, <laughs> but you know, it still it, it still uses you know once again the packaging engineers. It still has you know good good interior volume, um, and it's just you know like I said another option for the buyers to have. That's great, Mike. We are flat out of time, but I'd like to thank you for being here today. My pleasure. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. Yeah. yeah there's thank a lot you. going on. On right. a lot going on at Hyundai. We'd like to have you back on on, on very soon. Yeah, absolutely. We'd love to come back anytime. All right, great. This is the Consumer Guide Car Stuff Podcast. We will be right back. Welcome back to the Consumer Guide Car Stuff Podcast. All right, this is the Consumer Guide Car Stuff Podcast, and I am Tom Appel, publisher of Consumer Guide Automotive. Thanks for sticking around. Hey, Jill. Yes. Jill, you uh, you do that social media thing. I do do that social media thing. How can how can the kids wall, uh, watch you on social media? <laughs> watch me on social media. Um, so Twitter and Instagram, you can look for Jill Simonello, all one word, and that's Simonello with a C, not an S, kind of like Cinderella. So Simonello, C-I-M-I-N-I-L-L-O, and all and in, one word. In real life, is your name all one long word? Uh, yes, Jill Simonello. <laughs> but you can call me Jill for short. That would be, that would be a great <laughs> bit of branding. Damon, how can the kids follow you? Sorry, let me finish. Chuckling. <laughs> <laughs> I'm at uh, Damon Bell Likes Cars on Twitter. There you go. All right, kids, I have a quiz for you. You guys, uh, back by popular demand, the Car Stuff mm -hmm. Power Quiz. Uh, this week, are you ready? Yes. Op oh, yes. Option, I, I appreciate the enthusiasm. I this am week, so ready. It is option prices. I'm going oh. to give you an option. I'm going okay. to give you a price, and you're going to have to tell me if that's the correct price or not. Oh, so the price is right today. Yep, I think mm. Jill starts this week. All right. Um, the first is the premium package on the Nissan Rogue SL. And that okay. package includes the dual pane moonroof and LED headlamps. Is okay. eighteen hundred and twenty bucks. Eighteen hundred and twenty bucks the correct price. I'm gonna say no. All right, Damon. That sounds a little bit, uh, but see, this is your weird reverse psychology thing, because that <laughs> sounds too expensive. Uh, I I think I'm going to agree with Jill. You are both wrong. That is the correct price. Ah. I knew it. All right. The Mazda 6 Touring. This is a mid-level Mazda 6. We're looking for the price of the navigation system. Is it $800? Mm, this is me first. Um, yes. I will say... 800 bucks. I'll say sure. Yes. All right. Uh, to keep things interesting, I'll say no. Jill is correct. Ah. Yeah, the, the, the price of navigation systems has, has really come down. It's only 400 bucks right now. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. That's because all the stuff is there now. Well, and, and why do you yeah. need navigation when you've got Apple CarPlay? Yeah, most people's phones, yeah. There's that, too. All right, we're looking for the price of the full sunroof on the 2020 Jeep Cherokee Limited. Is it $2,195? Is, is this panoramic? Oh, <laughs> uh, this, this is a panoramic sunroof. 
Uh, I will say yes. I'm going to have to say yes, too. It is not. It's $1,595. All right. Moving on. The 2020 BMW X2. How much is the wireless charging and Wi-Fi hotspot package? I have a price here of $750. Is that correct? Um, that sounds ludicrous, so I'm going to say yes, that's correct. <laughs> I'm also going to say yes. No, it's $500. Bucks. Uh. All right. Moving on to the last one. Jill has a commanding one-point one lead. One-point lead. Damon has a commanding none-point lead. Uh, the 2020 Chevrolet Camaro 3LT. This is the coupe, not the convertible. How much is the cargo net? Is it $20? Well, hmm. I think it's Jill first this time. It is. Um, wow, cargo net. This is like asking somebody who doesn't buy bread how much bread is. It's not fair. Um, I, I'm going to say no. Um, I guess just to keep it interesting, since I'm uh, down anyway, I will disagree with Jill. Uh, Jill is correct. It is $70. Ah. <laughs> this is the first time ever I think that Damon has been shut out. Oh, yes. man. Yes. All right. Well, this is the I had, I had correct. I had correct answers. It was just that I got no points for them. Um, okay. <laughs> I'm looking at the bright side. I'm looking. At, I'm a silver linings guy. Yeah. No. 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 It, it's important to find the as bright side. As we all side. have to be. As as we all have to be right now. All right. Finally, the useless tiebreaker question: <laughs> Which of the following is not a Chinese market Geely model? The the. <laughs> <laughs> the M Grand X3, the Icon, the Light Courier SX, or the Jing View? I'm going to say the Icon. I'm going to agree with the Icon. No, it was the Light Courier SX. No one gets the bonus mm -hmm. question, which wasn't good for points anyway. Aww. All right, kids, thanks for playing. Jill, your autographed <laughs> copy of the quiz is in the mail. Awesome. I will look forward to receiving that. I, I still need to mail, mail the last two, I promised. But, yeah, we're good. <laughs> hey, Damon. Yes. What's going on at the CG Daily Drive blog? All kinds of good stuff. We've got a number of new reviews, uh, a couple of uh, coronavirus-themed posts. Uh, so I'll start with the reviews. We put up a test drive report on the 2020 Jeep Compass Trailhawk. That's Jeep's... Uh, compact SUV and the Trailhawk is the top off-road ready trim level. It's a uh, trail rated uh, trim level in Jeep parlance. Uh, this uh, test vehicle came in a very cool color called Spitfire Orange. Um, very rugged looking, kind of in keeping with the uh, off-road attitude of this uh, vehicle. Um, other reviews we did this week, we've got a 2020 Mercedes-Benz Mercedes GLC 300 uh, formatic. That's their all-wheel drive version. Nice compact SUV, that, SUV that's uh, been around for a little bit. I think that was redesigned for 2016. Uh, gets a new four-cylinder engine for 2020. Uh, reasonable starting price on this. It's $44.5 uh, to start, but our tester had loads of options that push the base price all the way up to 59825 not a killer deal at that price but you could probably do without a lot of the the features and and come up with something a, a bit more of a, a value um nice vehicle overall interesting in that it had Something you don't see as much, just normal size, like 17-inch wheels with a lot of sidewall. So I remember the ride being especially nice on that uh, test vehicle. Um, we, uh, we have a muscular, super muscle SUV review, uh, the 2020 Dodge Durango SRT 392. Uh, 475 horsepower Hemi V8 in that, uh, 6.4 liter. So uh, ludicrously fast for a big uh, large SUV, and as you might expect, not so good on the fuel mileage. 
Um, <laughs> and then uh, finally for test uh, drive reports, we've got a 2020 Lexus RX 350 F Sport. The RX lineup gets a slight refresh for 2020 uh, with some new styling and thankfully some revised uh, infotainment controls that improve up, uh, upon the touchpad, uh, the mini mouse uh, remote touch feature that Lexus has been using for a while and that lots of people don't seem to be particularly fond of, including us at Consumer Guide. So uh, <laughs> some nice kind of incremental approve improvements for the, the 2020 RX. Uh, beyond the test drive reviews, uh, Tom, in light of the fact that a lot of people probably have some time to kill these days at home, uh, you came up with a coronavirus word search, yeah, uh, <laughs> which just is a bunch of uh, automotive engine parts uh, in a in a word search puzzle, and then uh, you did a very deep pull on a '70s sitcom that I had never heard of before. That is an additional uh, puzzle question when you circle the unused letters after you're finished uh, circling the engine part words. So. I won't reveal what it is. And no, don't. I would, I would wager to say that 90% of people have zero memory of that show. <laughs> uh, <laughs> on a more practical note, uh, you did a piece, Tom, on maintaining your car during the shutdown. So with everything going on with COVID-19, I'm sure there's a lot of people's daily driver vehicles that are more or less sitting dormant now. And as we know, uh, cars sitting for uh, vehicles sitting for an extended period of time, things can kind of break down, uh, and and there can be maintenance issues because of that. But you can counteract uh, those natural effects just with some simple steps to take. Uh, and it, some of it is just as simple as starting your vehicle once in a while, driving it around the block, getting the brakes yeah. on. So there's some practical advice there. Um, and finally, we did a review flashback from uh, we've got a large back catalog of our old print magazines that are really a hoot to look back upon. Uh, and we've got a piece where we repro reproduce uh, the pages of a uh, test drive Comparo from 1973. And that's uh, road testing the 1973 low price sports cars, which speaking of obscure stuff, there are, it's all imports and there is a vehicle that I don't really have much of a memory of at all, or frankly, even knew existed, and that's the 73 Renault 15. I um, do not remember that vehicle. Yeah, very yeah. interesting to to scroll through that article and see some, again, all foreign cars. There's a Fiat 124 Sport Coupe that I was not very familiar with at all. So we'll post that article uh, on our Facebook page so, so people can... Uh, look at some of those uh, off the beaten path of vintage import cars. Sounds cool. We are almost out of time. Jill, please remind yes. us how we can download the Auto Exotica free magazine. Yeah, uh, just go to autoexoticamag.com and um, there should be like front and center on the front page on the slider, um, a link to download. Sounds good. You guys, thanks again for going through the effort of social distancing visiting today. <laughs> Um, very special thanks to our guest from Hyundai, Mike Evanoff. Thanks to producer Paul. Thanks to the good folks at WCPT AM 820 in Chicago. They've been incredibly gracious through this weirdness. Uh, and thanks to my radio mentor, Steve and Johnny. This is the Consumer Guide Car Stuff Podcast. We will be back next week, sadly without donuts. Join us then. <laughs>